0: to mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're
1: really glad you're here. As we wrap up season two of the mom to mom podcast, we have chosen to land on a topic that encompasses all of motherhood that propels us forward. We have talked boys and girls, teens and adults mentorship, theology, hospitality, and many other topics of motherhood and beyond in two banner seasons. So we hope you can go back and find something that interests you. But to close out season two, we hope and pray that the words we share here today will encourage and move you forward to the very best mothering you can give your family. So today we're gonna talk about a mother's impact and legacy. And what does this mean and look like? So today we have asked a special friend, Crystal Evans-Hurst, to join the conversation here on the podcast. We have been looking forward to hearing the wisdom and truth Crystal will share with us today for a few reasons. Many of you already know Crystal as the best-selling author of She's Still There, Kingdom Woman, and the newly released Show Up for Your Life. You can find Crystal regularly sharing encouragement via podcasts and blogs where she poignantly reflects on faith and speaks with frank honesty and practical wisdom about experiences that affect women every day. Crystal is an energetic, life-giving girl next door who loves encouraging others to fulfill their potential in Christ with humor and vulnerability. Crystal tells it like it is, but does so with grace, integrity, and love. And that's what we love about Crystal also. So welcome to the podcast, Crystal. Thanks so much for having me. We would love for you to share a little bit about yourself as a mom before we dive into our topic today on a mother's impact and legacy. So can you share with our listeners a few things that maybe pop into your mind about your own motherhood? Maybe are you funny, flexible, strict? I mean, I follow you on social media and I I think I know you pretty well as a mom and um, I'm not even your child. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm wondering if you could just share with our listeners so they can get to know who you are as a mom.
2: You know, I've just been a mom as long as I've been an adult, and I think there's a lot of, um, while I have definitely grown and matured, my children have seen me um, young and figuring it out, and I don't think I've ever lost the, oh, well, oops, I messed that up. And so there is funny, but there is strict. Um, I think that there's just a wide range of experiences <laughs> with me, with my kids, but I think they, they know that I, that I love them, but they also know that I mean business. Um, They know that I have high standards, but they know that I want them to do their best. Um, They understand that I want them to be passionate, but I also understand that sometimes passion takes a while to discover. So I think I'm flexible, um, but I do, I am a type A born person that has learned to live well in a type B world because you can't have five kids, Mm -hmm. a blended family, work from home, uh, have a husband who's been in and out of town and not be flexible, or at least learn to attempt to be. So that's a little bit about how I think I'm mom.
1: Yeah, I love that, that you can be both. And I think sometimes we categorize ourselves, which limits our motherhood, right? Like, you know, we're a type A mom, so we can't live in the type B world. And um, as a mom of many kids, and I know Jamie and Kate, who are here today also would agree, we're all different in different stages, but I love that you shared that. Um, So we want to bring up another very special person on the podcast today, which is the other reason we're so touched that you would be here with us to share the life and legacy of your own mother's impact on your life and motherhood. But we felt it was so much more honoring to let you introduce who your mother was and the life she lived. Thousands of women know your mom, Lois Evans, for her ministry, her role as a pastor's wife in her marriage, and today we want to share more of her role as a mom, mother, grandma and the impact she made on you and your family. So let's just begin with how and what you want to share about your mom today that will actually help introduce her life to those that are listening.
2: You know, I was just reading over some things that I had written earlier this year about her, um, and I was talking about this concept of legacy, and I was telling um, the ladies who are on my email list who I thought might want to know about a few things. Um, Two words come to mind is um, um, vision and intention. When I think about the stories that my mother told me about what she wanted, and I think about the life that she lived and the life that she got because of the intentional choices that she made, it's very clear that she lived with vision. And so um, prioritizing ministry knowing that she wanted to be in ministry. She didn't think she wanted to be married to a pastor, but she did think she wanted Mm -hmm. to be in ministry, wanting to have a family, wanting to complete her degrees, wanting to exercise her giftings in business and um, with music, Um, loving fashion, loving style, loving excellence. She just seemed to do a good job doing what a lot of women struggle to do, which is hold on to what she intends to be, and to fulfill that. It doesn't mean that it wasn't um, without moments where she didn't feel lost, because we talked about that. It doesn't mean that there, there weren't moments that she wasn't wondering, man, this is a high price to pay for ministry, and is it worth it? Um, there weren't moments where um, she wondered if seasons wouldn't ever change. However, uh, when I look back at who she was and what she did with her life, it's very clear. The vision that she had when she was 15 and told the Lord, hey, I'm willing to give my life to you. That everything that she did after that was firing on all the cylinders of what she envisioned about her life as a teenager. And so while life definitely does bring unexpected things, um, she got married, she lived in ministry, she prioritized her family, she never stopped growing. She got her bachelor's degree, worked for her master's degree, and then got an honorary doctorate degree. She built my ministry, the ministry that my parents have. She built that alongside my dad. And while he focused on building the church, she focused on building the ministry. Um, she looked like a million bucks no matter where she went. She always made things look easy. We have great memories at home because she prioritized dinner time around the table and making sure that, um, that she provided the atmosphere for us to get together. And so there were many things that were done because she put her two hands to them. Um, and while she certainly um, did a lot. She did them in seasons um, as God gave her the ability to do so. And when I look back, I think she was so young to have gone home to be with the Lord because she had so much life left and she did want to live. But when I think about the fact that my mom got to be 70 and when I wrote her obituary, and I, while I had a general familiarity with most of her life, as I sat down and put it on paper and looked in black and white and all the things that she had accomplished. And, had, and while I had lived with her, to know what her heart was, to hear her desires for us, for our family, for herself, and to know that she did a lot of things. And as I looked at them in black and white, I was in awe. And how many things she did at the same time, like the fact that you have your fourth child the same year that you get your master's degree. And that was the same year that you started the Urban Alternative, which is my parents' ministry. I knew you did them, but I don't know that I ever realized that you did them all three in the same year. So to kind of look at her life with awe ongoingly because I've always held her in high esteem. I'm always like, there's some genes she just did not pass on to me. Priscilla got the grace and the elegance and the, (laughs) I like to dress up, you know, me, I'm just like, give me a book, you know, Um, (laughs) but, um, but I was always in awe of her um, level of grace and excellence, always, Um, always a kind word, always laced with grace in her speech and her encouragement of other people but I had a vague familiarity with what she did and when she did it. And so sitting down and looking at her life intently with dates, I'm just like, wow, look at all the things she was accomplishing in the season where she had four kids under the age of 10. So that that idea of her, um, that she did all these things, I mean, she has two albums. She 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 wanted to sing and she did. She's like, all right, I'll make a couple of albums. I'm not a singer for a living, but it's a desire of my heart and my dad was so gracious to make sure that he always created the room for her to grow. So vision and intention
3: mm-hmm. are the
2: two words that I always knew were belong to her. But now looking back, they're so very clear how much vision and intention makes a difference in the way we live our life. And I'm grateful that she is my mom.
1: That is the best introduction. I think that could be our whole podcast right there. <laughs> so, that's amazing. I'm in awe over your mom's life as well. And everyone that watched her knew her, um, just hearing this behind the scenes timeline is even more special to hear, you know, that's God's timeline. You know, he saw that, right. And she knew that and he gave her the strength to do that. You know, I think when we hear about women like this, we're just in awe because we think how did she do that? But we know that she relied on his strength, Mm -hmm. right. And, and surrendered to his timeline. Um, I'd like to talk, we'd like to talk with you, also about her role as a mom to you and your siblings when you were young. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, And when you were young, could you see the impact she would have on your life? I know as children, we're not always thinking that, but thinking back, maybe you can recall some formative memories that from your childhood that helped shape who you are today.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, I think we always knew both of our parents were for us. Mm -hmm. My mom, while my dad would muscle things to happen, my mother would will things to happen, um, meaning that, you know, he, he'd make the phone call. He'd set up the meeting. He'd drive you there. She would look you in the eye and say, you're supposed to be here. This mm. this is your gifting. This is not who you're supposed to be with. You know who you are. It was a speaking to who we were. And my dad was, you know, kind of like, here's the checklist. And so what do we have to do to make it happen, you know? Um, and so, you know, I have very vivid memories of being... Um, a young child. And, you know, some of these are reminded by pictures, of course. But in fact, I have one on my phone right now where we're apparently somewhere where my dad was speaking and she's at the book table and the book table has tapes on it. And I'm sitting there, you know, helping her with the tape table. We, we have memories of putting the cassette tapes in the little plastic cassette, cassette containers and lugging the baskets and the boxes to the post office. There was an inclusion of us in ministry, there was an inclusion of us in the kitchen. There was an inclusion of us when I never forget as a teenager when I wanted to go out with some friends. And she looked me in the eye and she said, You know, you're getting too old for me to tell you everything you should or shouldn't do, but I want to ask you, based on who you know you are, is that who you should be with tonight? It's <laughs> just like, <laughs> uh, maybe not. <laughs> so um, she just had a high standard for her life and um, transmitted that to us. And, you know, of course, there's some things that you catch when you're 13 or three. And there's a lot of other things that you catch when you're 23 and 33, Mm -hmm. but, um, but that was the thing. She just spoke to us. I, uh, we dug out, uh, we're really slow right now to take things away from home. Um, There's a couple of things I've taken. One of them, um, my sister and I, there's four of them, but there's two red ones, the special plate. We have memories of the red special plate on our birthday. Mm. And um, so I looked at Priscilla and I said, the red ones are ours. You know, we went ahead and took them because we want to celebrate our kids right now. And what better way to do that than with our mom's special plate. But I think she, in her own unique way, called out what was special in each one of us and then celebrated that. And so um, we have a flannel board. We were digging around in the closet, pulled out a flannel board. And it was like the memories came flooding back, sitting at the kitchen table. with her teaching us the Bible stories with a flannel board. So she was very, very engaged and involved in the seasons of our life in ways that are tangibly built into who we are as adults, that we know the Bible, that we know what it is to be celebrated, that we know what is special in each one of us because she called it out of us, that she made sure that every one of us knew her kitchen dishes because we were with her alongside, boys included, to cook some things um she just made sure that she transmitted herself to us intentionally
1: i love that you know and as you were talking crystal i was thinking I, I think a lot of moms sometimes invest and then their kids grow older and maybe it's taken for granted or it's overlooked and it's not acknowledged and i and i think what is the difference between children that grow up and recognize the legacy and impact their parents had on them or those who just took it for granted and always expect it to be there. And I, and I really believe it's a relationship with the Lord and knowing that he did this work and that God used your mom in your life, but she was so intentional and here you are, you know, able to share all of this with the listeners and with other people and your children, And that's what a legacy is. It doesn't just stop. You know, it doesn't just stop with your mom's intention here. You are recalling this and you know, the value of it. And then I think that is the the heart of our episode today is she really made an impact. It wasn't just what she did for you. It's what she did for the generations. Here you are, you know, you're going to continue this. Um, So as a mom yourself, do you, do you find yourself remembering moments that you know are hard to implement as a mom? But you can remember your own mom, you know, teaching and training, and now you know they're worth it. Things like responsibility or um, things that were really difficult that you knew your mom, you looking back, you think, you know, that must have been really difficult for my mom to, to do this with me or my siblings. But now now you are in the same position as mom, and you know it's worth it. You're going to have to do the, the work.
2: Dinner on the table every night. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, we ate dinner at home. I mean, there wasn't a whole, we ate out on Sundays um, and that was later when we got to be teenagers. But even on Sundays, we remember that people were always welcome, that there would be 20, 25 people at our house every Sunday. And how she got ready for church, looked like a million bucks, got us to church, made sure my dad was looking good, came home. And within 30, 45 minutes of us getting home, everything was hot and ready. I still don't know. I still don't understand. So, Mm -hmm. um, But I recall waking up in the morning to the roast that had been in the oven all night on Sunday mornings. I recall that what we thought was goulash and the best stuff ever was her just throwing leftovers together and cheese on top because she just didn't have any, other plan for dinner. But she just made sure that dinner was on the table. And I think Mm -hmm. that there's so um, little credence given to the importance of facing each other at the dinner table every day. I think some of us are discovering that in the middle of this COVID-19 season, that being forced to look at each other every day is is a good thing. But the Mm -hmm. other side of that is, oh my gosh, I'm actually needing to cook, you know, more than I ever have before. And that being a stressor, And, but she was committed to that. I mean, the simple thing, she was just committed to making sure that we were together at the table. And that when my dad got home, that he could join us at the table and we had that time. And if he wasn't able to come home for whatever reason, traveling or ministry, that it still happened. And I Mm -hmm. think that that's, it's a commitment and it's a day in, day out. Oh my gosh, I'm sick of doing this. But she did that extremely consistently and always had food ready. Even now, uh, my brother uh, who works at the church would stop by the church, you know, two or three mornings a week and she's still, you know, her baby boy, John, John, she would say, John, John, have you eaten breakfast? You know, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, even in the last year, uh, mid-year when she was not doing well, but not doing extremely poorly, you come over and she'd say, have y'all eaten yet? Well, do you need me to make you a sandwich? I love <laughs> no that. mom, I'll make you a sandwich. You know, it's just, <laughs> so um, I think as small as it sounds, food is a big deal because everybody needs it at least three times a day. Mm -hmm. And it provides an opportunity for people to look at each other and to know that they're loved. And I know that she didn't always feel like it, but she always provided it simple, but meaningful.
0: It sounds like she was one who gave nourishment, not just food. And I think there's a difference. Mm -hmm.
2: True. True.
0: Wow. Crystal. So I'm sitting here listening to just this legacy that your mother has left and how it's impacted you. And I can't help, but, Think about my own motherhood and, and the things that my kids might say someday. And I know it's not going to be a list like that. And that's, it's really challenging to me. Um, So you are rising up and you're calling her blessed, like scripture says. And I, I just sit here and I, I honestly have no words. I didn't grow up in house like that. And what a gift that was to you. I'm just wondering Um, how has your mom's life and her motherhood impacted you personally as, as a woman and obviously as a mom, but specifically as a woman?
2: Yeah, well, I think that, um, you know, first of all, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in my late forties, so I have five kids and you get to know somebody a little bit better when your walk looks similar to theirs. And um, of course, there's a lot of things that I just, I just got, I got when I had kids and I got when I had a husband who traveled and I got when I was trying to, you know, work on degrees at the same time that I'm trying to mother my kids. And I I, I understood. Um, I did have a moment with her when I was 19 because my first child was born out of wedlock. I was a single parent for 10 years. And she left my other siblings to come stay with me for three weeks. And when she left me, I took her to the bus station, she and I both just boohooed crying because... I saw her and she saw me, and in that moment, you know, it was like she didn't want to leave me by myself. I didn't want her to leave me by myself, and there was this leveling. I don't know how else to explain that, but there's this leveling. So I do think I had a jump start on some people who want to appreciate their moms because I had a jump start on motherhood, and I just, you know, had this deep appreciation for her for sacrificing. I remember thinking, you know, I if what I you know I, if I if I had to leave one kid to go and support another kid, you know, and and at the time my youngest brother was, he was 10. He wasn't, he wasn't 16. He was 10. You know, so that was three weeks away to be with me. So me seeing her. So when you ask me how that impacts me, there's a few things. Number one, I think I learned because my mother was always respectable and honorable and graceful. And I always held her in high esteem, but it wasn't like we always had the greatest relationship. I actually, remember her saying, um, when we were teenagers, you know, I've made all these sacrifices. She said, your dad hates it when I say this, but I've made all these sacrifices for you guys. And I just don't even know that it's paying off. I mean, like, she's like, I just wonder if it was worth it, you know. Um, So it's not like there were not those times. um, But what I'm saying is that um, hindsight is, you know, usually 20-20. And then the other part of that is I was able to see, you know, see her as a person. So here's the rub. For my kids, um, while I don't want to destroy the distance that I should have between myself and them, I'm not them, I'm different, and I do have some more life, I always tell them the gift of a parent is not because I'm so much different than you, I'm just 30 years ahead. So basically, Mm -hmm. God just gave you some help for navigating life. But what I found is helpful is for my kids to know how I'm the same. In other words, You girls, when my girls were teenagers, I would say, you want me to watch movies with you and you want me to have fun. But here was my day today. And if you want me to have freedom to sit with you tonight as a team, you need to come and help me with the kitchen. I mean, it's not just that this is your chore. This is how we, how you understand that I have things on my plate and I'm not free to just enjoy my evening if I'm the only person who's doing this work. So it was not just do your chore. It was see me as a human being. And I have, you know, I have my needs. Um, I, you know, the tendency for me, I'm not a crier. Of course, I cry a lot recently, but, you know, I, I let my kids see me cry. Like, you know, and that's not my normal tendency, but I want them to go, oh, my mom is hurting. Like she's hurting, you know. Um, and I think your kids seeing you humanized. And sometimes I think we don't you know, we think that, you know, maybe that will cause less respect or they'll think we don't have it all together. And I'm like, I think them knowing that you don't have it all together in some instances is actually helpful for them to see you as human and then to digest what you're going through in your life as real, not separate. And so I think um, me being available to my kids and just saying, you know, hey, this this is how this is hurting me, my adult children. I've had to say to them, I know this is what you expect of me, but you know, here's the deal here's how this feels (laughs) when you come to my home and you, you know, you're just like the kid again, but you brought your kids and I just cleaned up my house and then you leave and you don't clean up after your kids. I mean, Uh like, like, this is, this is how this feels. This is how much I want you to have you here. Um, And I enjoy you being here, but I need you to know it's super helpful to me and it, and it lightens my load and it decreases my stress. When you do these three things, when you come like, Just because I don't want them to only hear, I'm so glad that you're here, and I do all of these things to make this good for you, and to never know that there are some parts that are hard um, so that you can see me that way, not so that I can burden you. There's a difference, but I think it's okay for your kids to see you as human, and I got to see my mom that way, and I think that's what strengthened our relationship. I would also say God was the greatest parent ever, and his two kids totally screwed things up. So I think we have to give ourselves grace to say, I can do my part. And it's not that my kids then have to do their part, that God has to do his part. And that the reality of fruit or no fruit in my kids' lives is not solely tied to what I did right or wrong. Mm -hmm. It is also tied to the free will that they have to choose, the path that I've chose or that I've taught them, the path that God is offering them. And if they don't choose, sure, that could be a reflection of my parenting, but it could also be a reflection of their free will. So sometimes we just have to give ourselves a break.
0: That's Mm. so good. I think there's a mother out there, several that needs to hear that and that needed to hear that. And I guess I'm, I'm just a firm believer that in, you're actually doing your kids a disservice if you're trying to portray this perfection that you have it all together and you can get it all done. Cause then what is there? There's no need for a savior. You know, you're showing them that you don't need a savior Mm -hmm. in doing that. Mm -hmm. Such good words. Thank you.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: We know the need for hands-on learning and character tools that every family is looking for. The learning and love that grows from the heart of your home is foundational to the character and development of your children. September & Co. is a homegrown company and online vendor shop with resources for learning and encouragement for families. From character resources. To educational, hands-on, tried-and-true tools, September & Co. has worked hard to create the very items the founder and owner, September McCarthy, has utilized in her homeschooling large family for over 25 years. The top seller, character matter cards, are now available for little ones and range all the way to junior high. From skip counting flashcards, alphabet learning tools, and our new apparel line and wall prints, you will find the newest resources on the small shop market. September & Co. continues to supply families with the very best quality and colorful, engaging tools for parents to use for their children in any season. Check out September & Co. on Instagram and September & Co. shop on Etsy. Order today for free shipping on any item within the U.S. We create every item with you and your family in mind.
3: to admit i'm a little jealous of your relationship with your mom i did not have that same kind of relationship so you're a blessed woman to have had that but you know it's a beautiful thing to have that with your mom and i'm i'm hopeful that i have that with my daughter because i tried to raise her with those same principles that your mom showed you and taught you and it's 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 beautiful and anytime i see that i'm just so happy to to know that that it can exist you know, that she can pa- pass that down to you, you pass that down to your children. And I, but I think every mom that's raising young adult children needs to know that their impact will make a difference, especially when it's rooted in prayer and the power of the gospel. That's so critical, especially today. So can you just tell us a little bit about your own personal journey with your mom, with prayer? I'm certain it was critical and important in your family. So tell us a little bit about what that looked like, what it looks like with your kids. How how did that, how did that manifest itself?
2: You know, my parents prayed with us. Um, I don't have a lot of recall of them praying for us, like, like kind of this, you know, doting kind of put your hand on your head kind of thing we didn't there's a family um, that I knew growing up that their whole family every night kneeled down at the bed we didn't do that it was just kind of at the table in motion I remember my dad would back up the car in the mornings taking us to school and right before he put the car in drive he'd say you know he'd say a quick prayer before we drove off and so the reason why I know prayer is important for them for us mainly is because they told me they told us um, they just said, we we're praying for you. We're, uh, we prayed for you before you were born. Uh, we, we, this is what we ask God for you. So they kind of just let us in on the prayers that they prayed um, on our behalf. So, um, you know, I, I say we, but and I'll just speak for myself. I, I knew that I was prayed for to get here. I knew that I was prayed for to stay here. I knew that I was prayed for to return uh, when I was a little, you know, living a little off to the side. I knew that I was prayed for, um, you know, you just, you just felt covered. My mother um, in the last, I'd say 10 to 15 years was really not every day, but maybe once a month, you know, she'd be praying and she would just send a text, read the scripture this morning, you know, thought of you, or she would text all of us and say, thought of thought of you all, never forget this, you know? And so there's this, there's just this dripping over it. We went away in August of last year. We couldn't go far. We got an Airbnb, which you know my parents had never stayed in the Airbnb. My, my dad was trying to understand. So you just taking us to somebody's house? I was like, yes, it's okay, <laughs> it's okay. So we went to this great Airbnb, and we had these dinners planned. And um, the first night of our dinner, it was it was the four kids and the parents. But the first night of our dinner, our spouses came, and the grand the the adult grands came, and my dad went around the table and he placed his hand. On the shoulder of the husband and the shoulder of the wife, and prayed for the legacy of each family, and we were all disaster that night <laughs> because that was not typical. Is what I'm saying. So I don't want to give this um, vision that we were just prayed for in this very liturgical, you know, beautiful way. There was just this undercurrent of knowing, this undercurrent of knowing, and so um, you know, in terms of my mother and my parents, but their clear commitment to ministry. Um, you know, another thing that was clear is that who they were outside is who they were inside. So there wasn't this dichotomy for us of, you know, you act, I mean, not, don't get me wrong. You know, every mother I think has her hello voice after she just said, be quiet because I got to do X, Y, Z, you know, and then you're like, hello. I think every mother knows how to do that. So I'm not, I'm not saying that that, that didn't happen. I'm just saying their integrity to follow, you know, Jesus Christ and to make sure that they were honoring him with how they raised us. That was clear. And then this undercurrent of caring and prayer and, and re-interesting and re-interesting us to God was communicated ongoingly. Yeah.
3: I love how you said it was like a dripping, just a constant dripping that that you always knew it was going on and happening, even if it wasn't a formal, you know, thus saith the Lord kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard some themes of just continual commitment, that it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be this big showy thing. That if you just show up in the everyday and you're
2: just um, constant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you know what you were saying about you know Kate just you know I didn't have that relationship with my mom. Mm-hmm. You know there there are a lot of things I think if you were to talk to all four of us you know we we all have the thing that hit us between the eyes you know and then the thing that was hard about our relationship with our mom, maybe not in an adult season, but maybe in a teenage season or maybe an adult season. I mean, I think you would get different things from different ones of us, but here's, here's the thing that I think it helps. Um, And my sister and I've talked a lot about this because um, she would say to me, so you, you just had a conversation with mom about that. I'd be like, yeah. And they didn't have, they didn't have our same conversations. Or Mm -hmm. she would say, so you just went over there and you just sat for two hours. I mean, this is before she got sick. I was like, Yeah, what did y'all do? Just watch Family Feud. I mean, you just sat there, you know, so, I mean, but but we had a kind of sit there kind of thing. My sister and my mother would go shopping, you know what I mean? That's what they did. And so, um, but one of the things that we would say, uh, I would say to my sister, if there would be something hard, I would say, but you do realize that the reason why you're this way is because you received or didn't receive something. So it still worked out. Like, you still got to say, God gave me the mom who I needed to be the person and the mom I need to be. And right. sometimes it's the positive stuff that got poured into you. And sometimes it's the negative stuff that awakened you to what you didn't want to do or what you needed to have in order to be the person or the mom that you needed to be. And so while it's hard, yeah. and I'm not saying it doesn't, it doesn't have a, a negative connotation in some regard, there's always a silver lining of God brought something good out of the mom he gave me that he knew I would need faults and all to be the person he wanted me to be. And yeah. he can cause all of that to work out for his good. Amen.
1: That is so good. You know, being in that season of adult children also right now, and of course, younger kids, I, I needed to hear that because, you know, the thing about having teenage, middle adult kids, they're not afraid to tell you, you um, what you've, what you're doing that bothers them. I mean, in a respectful way, of course. Um, But it just has given me more liberty to tell them that they can use it for good. So yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course, to be, you know, change if I need to.
2: I mean, that's what I tell my girls. I told them when they were teenagers, I was like, I'm sorry. And I don't know what it was. It was something dumb. And they said, what for? I said, well, in this instance, I'm just giving you a blanket apology. And they were like, why? I said, because you know, you're going to need counseling. You're going to either pay for it. You're going to have it with your husband. It's going to be pillow talk. You're going to talk to your college roommate about me. You know, it's going to yeah. be something that I'm going to do that you're going to feel like jacked up your life. And so when you go to counseling and the counselor says, you know, you probably just need to tell your mom that it would be really helpful. She said, I'm sorry. You can tell the counselor I already said it. I'm just <laughs> getting, I just gave you a blanket apology for all the things. That's I mean, good. I just, you know, I just looked at them and said, Listen. I'm not, I'm human. I'm doing the best Mm. I can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's going to be something that was totally wrong with me that Mm. will produce something totally right in you and it'll all work out.
1: Yeah. Mm. Which is so good because we have, you know, we have these, um, we have this motherhood and our kids look up to us and we're doing the best we can. And, you know, like your mom, she left this impact and this legacy, but, um, I think it's important for our kids to remember that, you know, that we are, we are humans and we're going to make mistakes. They just happen to receive most of those mistakes. But, uh, so did your mom, Crystal ever give you advice when it came to motherhood? Can you recall some of the things that maybe she told you
2: specifically about mm, that? The Same thing that her mother told her, enjoy your children. Yeah. And I know that because my grandmother, I heard her say that to me and my mother said that to me,
1: mm.
2: enjoy your children. Yeah. And so she just would celebrate the little things that I thought were so dumb. Like, you know, again, my mother is all about decor and fashion and dress. You know, me, I'm just total functional box checker task person. And so My mother is Christmas, you know, she just impersonated Mrs. Claus. I think one year we had three trees. She has a separate storage for all of her Christmas stuff for the yard, you Mm -hmm. know? So when it comes to Christmas, I fail miserably, Mm -hmm. but she reminded me of a couple things. She said, when you look at the pictures, when y'all were growing up, this all did not exist. But your sense of Christmas did not come because there were three trees and a yard full of things. That came later with grandkids. She said, Christmas happened because I did the same thing every year. She said, look at this tree. And I looked at it like with fresh eyes. It was a ratty old tree mm. with ornaments that, you know, were just broken and, you know, just whatever. But it didn't matter. She went full steam with what she had. And that thing, she loved Christmas, was an overflow of her. So she said, when you get to the holidays, don't be me. Be an overflow of you. And what is that? And so when I looked at the things that I did, my kids actually celebrated that. They didn't care that the ornaments were the same ones for the last 10 years. They didn't care that I've been reading them the same story for Advent for all of their lives. (laughs) They don't care, you know, that the breakfast that I have is not put on the china that has the Christmas stuff on it. They just know on Christmas Eve, we do this, on Christmas Day, and these are our traditions. Mm -hmm. And they make my children feel cared for. So she just challenged me by saying, enjoy your children and let what you do with your children be an overflow of you. And as she saw me doing that, she would say, Oh, you're making great memories. You know? Mm, oh, that's so, so great that you're enjoying your children. So she just gently applauded me along the way as I did that.
0: That's okay. So for the moms of little ones, Crystal, I'm wondering, um, for those moms who are probably having a hard time thinking, that far into the future you know Mm -hmm. hearing you talk about how your mom was championing you as a mom in the same way that she did when you were little what would you say to those moms right now as you watched your own mom with your children and as you were raising your kids what did she remind you to stay focused on
2: Well, you know, the thing was, it's twofold. One, of course, was the enjoying your children part, but the other one was don't neglect you. And so I think that in the middle of the night when I would have a baby on the boob and because I really, really wanted to write and so I'd be pecking it out at my 3am feeding and pecking it out at the 6am feeding, I was thinking, don't neglect who you are. When I would throw them in the stroller just because I just needed to kill Ty before the next nap time, I would do things that I wanted to do. You know, I'd strap them in the double stroller and take them down to the flea market and spend the day, you know, just walking them around in the heat, tiring them out, getting the sweet tea and a hot dog and coming back home. You know I mean? It was just mm-hmm. like, what can I do to do two things, kill two birds at one stone, enjoy me and enjoy them. So, you know, you got the play dates at the park and you, you know, and, and, and I, there's a book that I read. Um, the author's name escapes me and I know it very well, but the name of the book is called professionalizing motherhood. And I read that book and I remember thinking, oh, I get to bring like me into motherhood and I get to be intentional about running my home. And I had a business background before that. And so I just turned me on in a different way, but in my home while I was turned on to them. And so um, community was a big deal. I love technology. And so I started this Yahoo group for moms. I, I kept doing things while I was doing my children. I was doing things for me. And so she challenged me to do that in her laundry room. There hung a plaque that I stole from her years ago. I said, mom, can I just have that? She said, sure. So it hangs in my laundry room and it says cooking and cleaning can wait till tomorrow for babies grow up. We've learned to our sorrow. So settle down cobwebs and dust, go to sleep. I'm rocking my babies and babies don't keep. She encouraged me to relax and just not sweat the small stuff but she also said while you're taking care of your children make space to get away make space to breathe yes leave your children they will not die with your husband if they have a dirty diaper for you know four hours later at least you went to bible study and had starbucks and you had a good time they will not die so there was a lot of take it easy do your job but take it easy and make sure you're honoring you along the way and i think it's got to be okay even when you have small children to carve out some things that are for you even if they're tiny and to know and just remind yourself over and over again, this will not last. This will not last. This will not last.
0: Yeah. Your kids are watching you. They want to see that you have passions and gifts and that that you're allowed to use those and cultivate them for God's kingdom. So just setting mm-hmm. that example, what great advice, what balanced advice too.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It reminds me a lot of your um, book. She's still there. When I read that, I, I was like, yes, I love the message of this book because Sometimes that happens when we're moms, we lose that, you know, mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. a great reminder. I think every woman should read that book.
3: Thank mm. you. I love what you talked about in the beginning with your mom, that the, the two words when you were writing her obituary and you said vision and intention. And mm-hmm. I, I love that. And, you know, as an older mom with a grown daughter with her own children, I, I always felt when I was raising her, it was real important to be future-minded. So I always did my best to be, well, I did as, as good as I as I knew how to be intentional while raising her, just trying to model a life that she could admire and would seek to emulate by the time she got to be a parent. So just trying to put, put that in my brain to, to hopefully that she would have vision and intention when she was raising children. So what are some ways that you're doing that now with your parenting, with just trying to instill that in your own children. I don't know how old your kids are. I think your kids are, are getting older, right? They're, you don't, do you still have little ones or are they grown my youngest, now? My
2: youngest is 10 and my oldest okay. is 28. Mm-hmm. So you've
3: got the gamut right now. Mm-hmm. You're, you've got old ones, you've got little ones. So you're and still- grandchildren. My little okay. ones are my
2: grandchildren. <laughs> oh my goodness. So you're
3: still right in it with with all those different ages. So how do you instill that vision and intention in, in your kids?
2: Well, I have to be honest right now, that is the hardest thing for me because really what I want is a break. And so when my daughter says, Hey, what are you fixing for dinner tonight? I'm like, Ugh, vision and intention means I'm Take supposed out. to let you come over tonight. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I'm supposed to let you come over tonight. And really I'm just getting to enjoy a house full of older children where y'all figure it out. Y'all make quesadillas tonight because I'm tired. Like, so when she calls, I'm just like, Ugh. I feel that internal struggle of, this is who I want to be, but right now I just want to break, you know, Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, so there's that struggle right now because I, I just, I've never not been a mom. So right about the time it's getting easier, I'm starting over with, you know, with grandchildren to a certain degree, but I do think about that. And I do think this is the stuff that memories are made of. And so, you know, it's, it's for me and just being honest. Um, it's not that I don't love my, my, all of my children, and it's not that I don't love my grandchildren, but I do. I I had to adjust to being a grandmother. I still do, honestly. I mean, it's getting better the more I say the word. I mean, she's four. My oldest grandchild is four, and I'm still getting used to it. Uh, she doesn't even call me anything grandmotherly. She calls me Chrissy, because all my nieces and nephews call me Chrissy. So it, you know, just rubbed off. But one day, I never. I you know, she saw my. Uh, she saw a box that I had of um, uh, cookie cutters. And she's you know, it's like, I want to make cookies, Chrissy. I want to make cookies, Chrissy. And I'm thinking, eh, it's going to be a mess and you know, whatever. So, <laughs> and, and when I was homemaking and, and home with my children, I'm a zero to 60 person. I was all the way in. I was making bread, growing stuff in the backyard, cloth diapering. So it's not like I'm not that kind of person. It's just that in this season of my life, I retired a lot of that. You know, I went back to something else. So I pulled out the cookie cutters one day thinking, Get it together, Crystal. This is the stuff. This is the stuff that memories are made of. So get it together and make the doggone cookies with this girl. I mean, but this is what was in me. It wasn't like, I can't wait until we make cookies and I've been waiting to have a grandchild so I could do. Nope, that wasn't, you know, and, and, and I, I want to say that out loud, you know, I hope that Ellie doesn't listen to this and go, my grandmother didn't even want to do stuff with me. That's not it. I really just want to give permission to their certain moms who may be in that boat. And I just want to say that however you make those memories, however you show up to demonstrate to your children and your children's children, this is how you do it. That if you show up like, I have been waiting for this and I'm so excited. Or if you show up like, I know this is what needs to happen in order for these legacies to continue. As long as you show up, that's what really matters. So I've got the pictures of the, you know, the cookies and all that. And and, you know, one day I won't be here and she'll look at those and think, you know, my grandmother made cookies with me, you know, she, mm-hmm. she did cookies with me and she's not going to know, you know, she's not going to know how I was feeling when I came to that moment. Um, but she will know that I did it. And that still will have exemplified what the action should be, regardless of good or bad feelings about them.
1: Yeah. So good. I'm in that season. Um, it just makes me laugh because it's like every day, you know, um, But, and I'm sure there's a lot of moms in our, in our seasons, different seasons that can relate and and see that coming and maybe not understand it, but it's a real thing Um, to wrap things up today. Crystal, can you share what you loved about your mom? What did you love about your mom? There's a lot of things she was, but why, what is it about your mom that you loved?
2: You know what? That she was very strong, but quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, uh, I mean, she did a lot of stuff. And she didn't apologize for what she did. But, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm coming to the table now to do in her honor and to continue women's ministry at our church, the pastor's wife's ministry. Uh, It's just a lot of things. And then even with my dad, they're just, I mean, he's pretty involved and engaged, but there still is a lot of things she did he knew nothing about. And she told me a lot of things. And so I'm saying, Dad, hey, you know about this, right? He's like, oh, yeah. So when I think about all the things she was carrying and doing, I'm like, man, but you always walked in not having to make sure people knew it. You knew it, and that was enough. And so I'm most impressed by the fact that she knew who she was. She knew what her giftings were. She knew what her callings were. She showed up to do them. She didn't apologize for her positions, for her knowledge, for her achievements, for her directives, or for her purpose. But she didn't lord it over you. Very graceful, very soft-spoken, Um, I even had somebody who was doing some things for her. Um, I was supposed to text them and say um, they were were making her some food. And I texted this person and I just was doing the text. I was just doing my job. I just took the phone and just sent the text. And um, this person replied to me and they said, no problem. I will take care of that. But if you could kindly look at this text from your mother and notice the difference in her tone and in yours. <laughs> I was like, wow! Ah! I mean, and, and the thing is, I wasn't intentionally. It was just, you know, there's a million things going on, and I just shot off the text, and I whatever they said, I just verbatim did it and kept moving. But that in this person, we're 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 fine. Um, yeah. I apologize, whatever. But the point is, I did look at her text, and then mm-hmm. I was I I just was attentive to something that I've always known, but I was attentive to it now every request had a please you know would you kindly thank you so much you know praying for you and yours it was always laced in and out with all of this grace mm. you know while she yeah. was making very clear requests <laughs> so yeah. so i just am note you know just made a note of her strength and her grace combined mm.
1: Yeah. It just reminds me of the theme of our podcast today and how even now today she's leaving an impact, you know, like she's, we're still learning from her, you know, and, and she's still showing us how to be that, that biblical role model to so many people. What an honor to share the life and legacy of a mother who lived a life on purpose. Thank you so much, Crystal, for allowing us to share your own mother's impact and yours as well today on this podcast, almost all of us desire to leave a godly impact and a legacy, but we are not always sure we are hitting the mark in our everyday lives and efforts. If you want to hear more of practical biblical motherhood, we would encourage you to listen through the last two seasons of the podcast and to let us know how we can encourage you in seasons to come and be sure to say hello to Crystal and share with her how her words, her mother's life and today's episode spoke to you. Crystal firmly believes God's promise in Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans that I have for you and she desires to help other women believe and apply the truth to their lives. You can find crystal sharing chronicles of the journey at crystal You can also find crystal on Facebook and Instagram, and we'd encourage you to send her a note and to be encouraged by her as well. We look forward to bringing you another podcast season with brand new topics and guests in the fall. We hope your summer is full of rich motherhood memories, encouragement, and maybe even some rest and be sure to leave us a comment on Instagram or Facebook. We always look forward to meeting you from Kate, Jamie, and I thank you for a fabulous season two. And thank you crystal so much for sharing your mom's life and yours with us today.